1: Today on the TMZ Podcast. Welcome to the TMZ Podcast. Derek and Eric here. Good morning. Good morning to you. So let's get right into it. The big news of the day is LeBron James sort of scolding uh, reporters in one of his after-game press conferences. You know, he's at this stage of his career where he's not as interested in talking about the game and basketball and sort of what it means on the court, mostly because the Lakers
2: are terrible. They did win, though. They did win this but, game, but, but yeah, it's not. He's not about. He doesn't need to discuss the game. Or he his, is who he is. His legacy is set. Yeah. He's
1: sort of an elder statesman, and he's very interested in social justice issues and being sort of a, a, a vocal person on things other than basketball. So he had uh, a few thoughts about how the media has addressed the Jerry Jones saga and the Jerry Jones photo that surfaced, which is from 1957, where a crew cut Jerry Jones is standing yeah. outside of an Arkansas school that is being desegregated. Uh, and there was, you know, a bunch of white males. There's a, it, there's a mob. There's a mob, a mob of white A mob people. of white males sort of standing in front of the black students who are trying to get in. And yes. these are famous photos. And he's
2: he's one of the little faces in it.
1: He's one of the little faces in it. Now, Jerry Jones has said, uh, I was there because I was curious. This was mostly driven by older white males. I wasn't there to sort of, um, you know, block their entrance. I was just sort of an onlooker. And he is in the back
2: of the crowd, but he, a lot he of does people look aren't like buying a it. He
1: does he, look like a spectator,
2: but even the guy's if you buy it, it's still like I'm mean, talking about like standing on the wrong side of history, he's literally standing on the wrong side there. It, it's and an just,
1: uncomfortable image, and he's trying yes. to move on from it. He's not defending his presence, he's just saying, You're misreading if you think I was there to block the students, and I was actually just sort of a curious still, onlooker. So,
2: so, LeBron had some thoughts about being asked, not being asked about right. that photo, and being asked about Kyrie and all his controversy about his anti Semitism and, and all that. So, this is what LeBron had to say to the reporters there.
0: Uh, I got one question for you guys before you guys leave. I was thinking when I was on my way over here, I was wondering why I haven't gotten a question from you guys about the Jerry Jones photo. But when the Kyrie thing was going on, you guys were quick to ask us questions about that. When we do something wrong or, or something that people don't agree with, it's on every single tabloid, Every single news coverage, it's on the bottom ticker, it's asked about every single day. But it seems like to me that the whole Jerry Jones situation photo, and I know it was years and years ago and we all make mistakes, I get it. But it seemed like it's just been buried under like, oh, it happened. Okay, we just just move on. And I was just kind of disappointed that I haven't received that question from you guys. So,
1: I want to break this down. There's, there's a, there's a, First of all, there's maybe a simple explanation that he's overlooking, which is Kyrie Irving is a member of the NBA, LeBron James is a member of the NBA, and it, it is more obvious to ask him about that incident, which occurred in his league, than it is to ask about something that occurred with an NFL owner. Yes, that's the but, first hold, level. Quick
2: quick sidebar to that, though. If Kyrie had been an NFL player, yes, do you think he would not have been asked about it?
1: I don't know, but oh, I think he on. would he, have.
2: He would have been, yes. I, I, I don't know. I, th- maybe, but, but I, I, I don't think that's have. the difference. Though. I don't think that's the difference, but...
1: Uh, Nevertheless, what LeBron is talking about should be highlighted, and he's he's basically saying sort of keep the same energy when a, an old white dude is exposed as a racist as when you've exposed sort of Kyrie's anti-Semitism. I understand the sentiment. It reeks to me a little bit of whataboutism. Like, they're two different bit. issues. And here's the other fundamental difference that I don't understand why people – are not addressing the differences here. When Jerry Jones was confronted about the photograph, he said, I was an onlooker. He's not defending standing there and, and blocking, uh, you know, being in favor of segregation. He did nothing of the sort. He said, I was caught up in a photograph and you're misreading if you think I was there to block uh, the student Uh, And I'm actually on the right side of this issue. That's what he's trying to convey. He's saying you're misreading if you think I was doing something else. What Kyrie did was, when given an opportunity to explain why he posted a link to a clearly anti-Semitic movie, he waffled. He do- he sort of doubled down. He sort of said, I know who I am. I can't be anti-Semitic and all this well, sort of stuff. He was
2: very yeah, confrontational, He was confrontational.
1: That's a very um, different posture than what it, Jerry Jones is taking.
2: And this, this picture is what, 65 years old, the yes. Jerry Jones picture. But I will say there's a little... I think this is a forest for the trees kind of thing. Because mm-hmm. I think people will get kind of hung up on the fact that, oh, this, you know, the Jerry Jones photo, it's old. He's sort of not exactly apologized for it, but kind of said... He's contextualized it, at, yeah. least, at
1: least from his perspective. He may be lying, by the way. Jerry Jones may have been there for the wrong reasons. He was reasons, also very against, he the, uh, saying he wasn't.
2: against people kneeling. Yes. Jerry Jones, we should say that. But yes. uh, but I think you, you should look at LeBron's bigger point. And I think what he's saying is, and I think it's true. It's like, why, when, when you know, somebody... Uh, black, who is famous, does anything that people disagree with, they will be quick to be like, "Oh, why did they do this?" Like you said, when it's an older white guy, it's like, eh, it's high jinks." Let's just move on. Well, and, and I, I get his point, and maybe this, you know, you're right. It's not an uh, it's not like a, an apples to apples comparison exactly yeah. of what Kyrie tweeted a few weeks ago and a photo Jerry Jones was in 65 years ago. They're slightly different, but. I, I get, you know, where's that energy? I, I, get, I get his argument. I, I I sort of think about it. What happened when
1: Nick Cannon stepped in it with anti-Semitic yeah. uh, sort of comments on a podcast? Well, I understand what LeBron is saying. There's this expectation that Kyrie needs to grovel and grovel, and you don't expect that from Jerry Jones. You sort of look at the picture, give, give one explanation, and move on as the media. And I understand that the energy feels different, but also what happened is very, very different because when Nick Cannon stepped in it, he wasn't as defiant. He ple- he pleaded ignorance. He said, I don't know about these issues. Let me go learn. Let me go talk to rabbis. Let me talk to the ADL. And let me move on from it by sort of educating myself. Kyrie didn't take that position. Kyrie said, sure. I enjoyed this documentary. You know, this documentary had meaning to me. And when confronted that it was full of anti-Semitic tropes, he dug in his heels. And that's a very different posture. And I think that's why these things happened to Kyrie and Kanye versus they didn't happen to Nick Cannon. Nick Cannon is celebrated once again. We talk about yeah. how many kids he's having and, and <laughs> sort of he's he's hosting shows. His career was not taken from him. I think no. those responses
2: are very different for a reason. Yes. I, I think I just I think LeBron's bigger point is why why was why did no single reporter ask, me a ask him about that at all? Yeah. Because it's not insane to ask him about that. Or just like, what do you think about this? And like you said, it is, okay, it's football and basketball, but LeBron is a black man. And, yes. And,
1: you know. Were there football players, though, of LeBron's stature, I'm trying to think, you know, uh, in the NFL who were well, asked about this and <clears> said, hey, what do you think of Jerry Jones? Was, was Emmett Smith a famous
2: Dallas cowboy? I, I don't know. I'm not I, I, as well versed. I don't know. No, yeah, we're not, we're not big sports guys. But, like, would it have been insane to ask Julian Edelman, who's Jewish, yeah. about Kyrie? That's a football-basketball divide Good right Good question. There. But Julian's Jewish, right? Yes. Well, LeBron is black, so it, it's fair to ask him about Jerry Jones and this, this, you know, America's, like, you know, segregated racist 50s history. And Right. It, it, it is odd, to his point, that not a single reporter asked him about it.
1: Right. But the, the, to, to your point, was Julian Edelman standing on the dais and saying, I don't understand why you're not asking me about uh, the Kyrie Irving incident? He could have. He could would, have, would, but, would have, but, but he that also was... might have thought like I'm a I'm a Jewish football player, so maybe didn't dawn on you. I guess I guess LeBron is imputing all of these bad, you know, sort of motives, mm. or at least subconsciously like sort of uh, different responses in the media. And I think it may be simpler than that. But you but you're right. There is a point about like sort of the energy they bring and what they're willing to talk about. You know, even if they don't have bad mo- motives, maybe it's it's strange that they're not asking him. Yeah. And, and I, LeBron I, I... wants to sort of highlight that issue, but. I, I'm not sure they're as analogous as he thinks it is, and that's what no.
2: bothered me about sort of yeah. But the I, I, I think you know you can dispute that, but I don't want to lose. I think what his bigger point is, uh, you know that that you, you do often see a lot of black people kind of vilified and like, oh, why have they done this? And it becomes this tabloid kind of thing. And a lot of like older white guys, unless you're Harvey Weinstein with decades of it and yes. finally getting called out, yeah, not really so much. Yeah, and yeah. it's just like he said, he and, and, and LeBron didn't to me didn't seem angry or irate or anything in this clip. Yes. He's like, you know, he's like I'm not asking you to answer. Yeah. Like, I'm just saying like wh- I just where's pose where's, it. where's that energy?
1: Let me ask one more question before we move on. If the Jerry Jones saga had not involved a photo from 1957 and had involved a, a current comment, let's say he posted a link to a Daily Stormer article. Yeah, something very it, 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 white for, powery. Something very yeah. white supremacy, would the response to Jerry Jones? Cuz then I think you'd have a real analogy. Um uh, probably would have asked me about to that. Jerry, have been? Would it have been a quick news story in the way LeBron is saying this? This has been a blip, and you're not focusing enough on this photograph. Or would Jerry Jones have been dragged? I think that's sort of, and I'm not sure. Maybe LeBron's right that Jerry would have been able to move on in the way that Kyrie wasn't. Well, maybe, but I think that's what you
2: need to, to maybe know that because we saw what happened with
1: Donald Sterling. Fair,
2: when yeah. Donald being, Sterling's
1: whole team was taken from him.
2: Yeah. So that's a great point. Maybe. Okay. I, I yeah. There's there's yeah. There's, there's, you're right. It's not a one to one comparison here but yeah. i also i think lebron does have a point
1: yeah you're right you're right i don't want to i don't want to completely defang what he's saying but i do want to point out that there are serious distinctions between the two instances. And and I wonder whether it was uh, sort of merited in the way that he was scolding the media.
2: But we'll, well, we'll he, have to... He didn't say it was exactly the same thing, though. He just said... He not just said... I, I think, that, again... I, but but, but he yeah, had this, know the point this is tone about, of, like... Kinda. Why didn't you guys ask me about this? He's sort of didactic
1: in the way he's presenting A little this.
2: bit, but I think that's, that's a long-simmering thing of how many times... Because, you know, I don't follow every LeBron James press conference. Right. How many times have you been asked about things that, that black people do. Like sure. he is like responsible and has to, you know, have some position on it when so many things white people have done, he's probably not asked about. Yeah. And he's just like, what, why don't you come at me with that? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think that's a fair point. I agree. I agree. I'll leave it at that. If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Raggerton shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back, and you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Adidas, Macy's, or Levi's. And you can even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use, and you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares that money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal, or... Go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's Rakuten, R-A-K-U-T-E-N. All right, I want to move on to what is a very, very sad, sad news uh, in the music yeah. world. Fleetwood Max Christine McVie died at the age of 79 after yeah. a short illness. Uh,
2: very surprising. Like I said, a short illness, like nobody really knew she was sick. Even um, her bandmates yeah, sort of didn't Nicks, know how serious uh, this was. Stevie Nicks you know, posted a very, very moving letter to somebody she said was her best friend from the day they met in yeah. 1975. And she said, I didn't even know you were sick until Saturday. And I wanted to come to London to see you and was told yeah. to wait. And a few days later, she was dead.
1: And posted a sort of heartfelt letter uh, where she quoted a song from Haim. Which is, Haim? Haim, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know I never, do love Haim. but Yeah,
2: uh, I, yeah it was, it was a, it, lyrics from a song about missing your best friend after they've passed. And what, what was interesting to me is
1: Fleetwood Mac, beyond being one of the most important rock bands in, in history, they just, they just are in sort of, you know. They are. They're just up there in terms of their importance. Uh, a lot of uh, the thought about Fleetwood Mac is how dysfunctional the band was. I mean, they're famous yeah. for having the all drama. of these, like, you know, dramatic sort of problems with romance and sort of people in the band, you know, having, you know, getting together, breaking up and so forth and influencing their music. But this letter from Stevie is about how how much warmth there was there and it it reminded me that even when you sort of fight with your family they were like a family you know we saw all of the negativity but there was a lot a deep well of warmth in the band as well it
2: must be weird for them because their biggest struggles and anger and and drama with each other led to their biggest success yes it it changed their lives for the better for all of them so (laughs) You can forgive that after forty something years. Yeah, I mean this this really
1: sort of hit me. I mean, in the wake of I'm still dealing with Irene Cara's oh, death, very sad. Uh, yeah. and and this is it's it's these are very important people. I don't think many generations uh, after us appreciate how important someone like Irene Cara or Christine McVie ah, are necessarily no, because Christine one... McVie doesn't seem like Stevie Nicks.
2: In no, people's she, minds. she wasn't the focus of that group. But I do think, and, and this is you know something maybe nice that Christine McVie got to see was not just how wildly, insanely successful Fleetwood Mac was. I mean, Rumors, one of the 10 biggest albums of all time. But, you know, especially after, you know, in the pandemic, when you remember the the viral video of the guy drinking the the cranberry juice on the skateboard and Dreams by Fleetwood Mac played. And it caused, you know, that song to become a hit again. The album resurged. But here's the thing. Once Rumors took back off because of that meme, it never dropped off. It's still in the top 50. It's been in the top 50 of the album chart every week for two years. Remarkable, And it's not because boomers and gen x are, you know, dusting off their vinyl copies. It's because millennials and gen z in particular are streaming it. Yes. Every I mean, Fleetwood Mac song's like Dreams has over a billion streams on Spotify. So Christy it's McVee. one of those albums too when you discover it it plays like a greatest hits yeah. album like R- Rumors doesn't have a
1: soft you know sort no, of this is, s- sounds like a B track it just plays like some of the greatest songs yeah, ever yeah
2: and not, not even just the hits that are on it the, yeah. the album cuts are great they're great like I, I was looking at the streams yesterday you know the song The Chain of course famous bass line it was never even a single it's, it's just an album cut it's got 700 million streams on Spotify so is Hold Me on there? no it's not on that album no, I love Hold But Me. so, but I think Christy McVie got to see not just that she was successful with an album that resonated but it's been rediscovered by people who were born 15 20 years ago. Yeah. And they are it's not and it wasn't just a blip. They they've become they've come to love this album the same way people did in 1977. And that's got to be great for her to know the work I created well, well, it like has now lived on beyond yeah. her, but will forever. It, it will. People it, it, will it, keep discovering that album because it's good. I,
1: I think that's right. We we always post sort of the last time we see a celebrity, and it's quite poignant because it's this quick interaction. If you if you go to our website, you'll see we're talking. We have one of our uh, you know cameramen asking her like, "Oh, what a legend!" as he's as she's walking into her waiting SUV. And he says, will you guys ever get back together? Because the question on everyone's mind when you see a member of Fleetwood Mac is, yeah. are you guys going to tour again? You're, you always break up, but are we going to yeah. see you together? And she turns and very briefly just says, never say never. And it's, I, I don't know, it sort of struck something yeah. in me because now we're at never. You know, they they won't get together with this lineup. And uh, it's quite sad, but they they left behind so much yeah. great art and it's, that it's hard to be sad. You, you just want to listen to songs. I, I i went in the car and just like sort of played rumors. Basically. Yeah. yeah. And, and
2: it is, the, the songs are great. The songs yeah. hold up on their own. But it is also, once you get into the backstory of it, it is still fascinating and, and engaging and, and yes. petty and the things we love. Like Christine McVie, it's sort of funny. You know, she was the, because Stevie Nicks was the witchy one and she and Lindsay Buckingham had their stormy relationship. Right. They were right. such very, you know, A-type, volatile personalities, kind of, and it's easy to be drawn to them. Christine McVie was, like, the quiet one. Mm-hmm. The, and she was incredibly talented. She was a, a singer, sang on some of their hits. Keyboardist wrote a lot of the songs. She was an amazing musician but she had her little dramas there too. Yeah. And one of my favorite things is uh so she and John McVee the bassist the yeah they were they were together they were married yeah. And They're so the McVie's. while they were making rumors the marriage fell apart. Sure. She started hooking up with uh, I think like the sound guy or the lighting guy or somebody on the crew and she wrote a song one of their hits you make loving fun you know that song? Mm-hmm. I, I love it. That song is about how much better love is with this new guy than with John McVee. But John McVie had to perform that yeah, song every night. Yeah, he had to sit on his bass and play the bassline yeah, of it. his ex-wife <laughs> is singing about how great her new guy is, and he's it's like, amazing. Doo, 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 "It's
1: amazing. It's <laughs> Playing along." They
2: just allowed
1: the, it to like impact the art directly, and they would all just play along because they he knew did. that it was great music. I mean, what's John McVie going to do? You make love and fun is incredible. It's it a, is. It's at a banger. Of and a song, it probably so. also didn't hurt once the millions started rolling in. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it really didn't. So that 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 that'll do it for us. Uh, R. I. P. Christine McVie. Uh, she was amazing.